Welcome to the Performance Connection Podcast, the show where we connect you to the highest quality information and leading professionals in the world of human performance. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Performance Connection Podcast. Today, I am joined by Nick DeMarco. Nick, how are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me out, Corey. Appreciate it. You bet, man. So before we get into the topic of the day, why don't you just give a listeners a rundown of who you are, your back, or doing now? Uh, yeah, just kind of a brief rundown. Got my career started at William Penn University, which is where, obviously, our connection comes from. You're at Central College right down the road. Jake Niederman, a bunch of other people that I've known for quite some time. Spencer Rimmick, competing in World's Strongest Man uh, mm-hmm. next week, actually. But just a great group of strength coaches that came out of that area. And uh, I can't believe my college strength coach was a Central College graduate. I went to William Penn. That's where I got introduced to what strength and conditioning was and almost immediately knew that's exactly what I want to do and was lucky to learn from him, Spencer, and just a ton of other guys that were fantastic on that staff. During my undergrad, got some chances to coach in my undergrad, went to the University of Iowa, did an internship there between my junior and senior year at William Penn, learned a ton during that experience, and then when I finished up my football career, was lucky to get hired back at the University of Iowa as an assistant. Worked there from 2015 to, I think it was March of 2018, and then I've been here at Elon for, this is my sixth year now. Now, what are you doing at Elon? What's your role there? My official titles is Assistant Athletic Director for Sports Performance, and then just oversee the training of all of our teams here. So we have 16 sports. We now have six staff members, including myself. Uh, and then I also oversee our sports nutrition efforts. So we're in the process of hiring some staff for that. We have some student workers who assist in that area. And then just kind of managing the refueling stations that we have in the weight room and then all other nutritional aspects. And lucky to work with fantastic staff at Montreal yeah. interns throughout my time. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the episode. But today we are going to talk about, I mean, is, that, is it swearing to say CrossFit? Am I swearing? I, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about CrossFit and specifically programming for CrossFit. Now, I think just listening to your background, the, a listener may be like, why are these guys talking about CrossFit? You don't mention that in your background. It doesn't sound like you worked with those people. And if anyone listened to the introductory episode to this podcast, I also have a very similar background to Nick, almost exactly in, in terms of our education and our training. I I've, I've was a collegiate strength conditioning coach for six years. I taught exercise science. I spent almost the entire amount of that time bashing CrossFit or trying to discourage my athletes from participating in CrossFit, thinking that mm-hmm. if I did a snatch or an Olympic lift more than five reps, I, I would just like blow a knee or something. And we'll we'll talk about some of those aspects today. Uh, but wh- why I wanted to talk with Nick about CrossFit is because you know, you're involved in it. Like, so tell us about your own personal training. You do a fair amount of CrossFit. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to say started back in uh, like right around COVID time. <laughs> uh, I think it was like right before that, actually. My wife just wanted to go to a gym, get out of her house like not come over to elon to train oh early God. in the morning like working around teams and it's just a chance for her to get out of the house because she stays at home with our kids and to me it was like kind of a perfect timing of i'd competitively olympic lifted i'd done the strongman competition i've done powerlifting competitions 
all of which are okay for strength coaches to do. You just get <laughs> CrossFit. But then, you know, just wanted something different. And I was kind of at the point where I didn't want to do any programming for myself. I just wanted to go into a gym, have somebody tell me what to do. And more importantly, just train with other people that I don't know and kind of enjoy my training atmosphere more than like doing the exact same thing I'd done for a decade with, you know, staff members that's kind of hit or miss because everyone's schedule's different and you feel like you're at work when you're training at work. So was just kind of looking for something different. And then during COVID, I had more time than I've ever had to train. So I was like, oh, well, I can get used to this. I just moved it to my garage with a bunch of friends coming over, even though you weren't allowed to socially distance, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But we would just hang out and, and kind of train during that time. And ever since I got involved with that, I've really just, you know, it's definitely a cult and the fact that they groom a pretty good culture and like get people addicted to it. And uh, I think that's what's fascinating about it, but have just really liked it. And then once I started kind of dabbling in some competing in it, I've just really enjoyed it, kind of dove deeper into it. And now full circle, I like do my own programming for it because I want to get better <laughs> at it. And I feel like I have a, a pretty good understanding of the yeah. programming side of things, but it's just like the community oh aspect. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't believe how similar that is to my, my experience. And it would not surprise me if that is a very common experience, what you described, because I in the same way. So like right now, my own personal training is about 75% CrossFit, meaning I go to the class, I do the programming that's there for the day. And, uh, you know, as very similar for me, so right at the pandemic, I had just become a dad, dad bod was creeping in fast. And I was like, okay, I'm so sick of being at home. I need to get out. The pandemic had kind of progressed a little bit at that point. So people returning to gyms, I live in a very small town. We do not have a workout facility. That's, that's very good. Like we have one 24 hour facility in our town and it is not, not equipped great. It's not anything like that. And like, you know, I felt the same stress when I was, when I was in the collegiate setting as you is you just want someplace else to go. Like you want people you don't know, you don't want to be training where any athlete or any coach can walk up to you at any time and, and bug you or, or just, yeah, getting out of the environment and, and getting a mental refresher and doing something else is so big, but I just needed the community, man. I needed the people. I'm like, I am so, I've been training by myself for over 10 years. Cause yeah, when you, like you said, my staff, when I was a collegiate coach, our, our schedules didn't align. When I had free time, my colleagues were coach or were teaching or my students had class. Like the, we, you still train by yourself. And I just like, I, I, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to swallow my pride. I'm going to, <laughs> you know, not bash it until I actually tried it. I've never had actually tried CrossFit. I kid you not. Our very first workout had 20 rep power snatches. And I'm like, oh, I'm like <laughs> face palm. Like this is exactly what I didn't want to do and or why I don't like it or why I thought I didn't like it. And uh, I was fine. I made it through. Like, But here's what I found with CrossFit. I think some of the criticisms against it for people who aren't experienced are pretty valid. CrossFit is great for people like me and you. We come in, we know the lifts, we have experience with Olympic weightlifting, experience with powerlifting, about 10 years-ish of training under our belt, like official training, and we are trained and have a background in it. We also know when to back off. Like, I get made fun of 
in my gym in our whatever box a little bit because I'm I'm honestly pretty slow. Number one, because I don't really care about my times. Mm-hmm. But number two, like if I feel my technique or form deteriorating, I just don't push it. And quite honestly, like most people just don't have that uh, that governor. They, they don't know or they don't care or they think like I've got to get this time or I've got to get another round. And yeah, that can be an issue. So that was my experience with the CrossFit. And like you said, I found out or like you've experienced, like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I dealt with back issues for almost my entire time as a strength coach as in the collegiate setting. So I was pretty concerned going into CrossFit thinking like, holy crap, there's, we're going high volume, everything bilateral, everything, almost everything's with a barbell. This historically has beat, beat me up and my back doesn't tolerate it well. Well, you know what happened? I felt better than I had ever felt and have felt better than I've ever felt for the past two years. I did not expect it. And here's the other weird side effect. I'm also the strongest I've ever been, which I did not expect. (laughs) Uh, We're talking in the traditional power lifts, squat, bench, deadlift. You know, I'm not training for powerlifting here, but I I came in training as a strength, strength and power athlete or a powerlifter slash strongman for like over a decade before I started CrossFit. And yeah, it just, that was another thing I didn't expect. Well, but here I'll, I will say this though. I can't make heads or tails of the, of the programming. Like I don't, I'm not certified. We, we use, and this is a, another interesting thing about CrossFit. Like you mentioned, didn't want to, you don't want to do your own programming. As far as I know, very few coaches in a CrossFit box do their own programming. They outsource it to some, someone else. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very few do their own. Most. You know, there's a few main camps of like mayhem with Rich Browning, mm-hmm. hard work pays off with Frazier, Proven with Tia Toomey. And you have a few other ones, obviously a lot of other ones that are smaller, but most yeah. gyms follow something yeah. similar to that. And then a few gyms do their own pro. Yeah, that was so crazy to me. So like for, like for the coaches, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You don't write the programs for like you do someone, someone else does it. That's, a, that's incredible. Like that's. That takes so much stress away <laughs> from the job and mental energy. Yeah. So yeah, you hopefully are adapting things as needed, but yeah, that's, that's totally taken off your plate, which is, you know, it's just pretty crazy. But I will say as I've done this now for a few years, just looking at the programming, there are definitely times where I, I look at it and I'm like, what? There's doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to this. I don't really understand day to day what the overarching like plan is even even the way that certain sessions are are constructed from a performance perspective i would look at it and be like this is the opposite of what i would do now granted that was from a team perspective but it's still like kind of violated just foundational principles of what i would do so here's how how i want to start this episode of asking this question the common criticism with CrossFit programming is that it's just random, that there is no rhyme or reason, that it's just mm-hmm. the wad, right? That there's no thought to the future. There's no thought to how the puzzle pieces fit together. It's just random stuff thrown together day to day. Is that true? Like from your experience and what you've learned, is, is that actually the case or is there something that's being misunderstood there? Sadly, I think it's pretty true. I think, you know, people have taken like CrossFit's kind of mission or like one of their core principles, I guess, of like constantly varied Mm -hmm. and just taking it to mean complete chaos and absolutely random. When, if you look at the 
competition of CrossFit, it really is a pretty central theme most of the time. Of Now there's, you have to be a jack of all trades. It's definitely very different than, say, powerlifting or Olympic lifting. Yeah. You show up to the competition, you know exactly what you're going to do. Even strongman is obviously a little bit more versatile. Yeah. You're going to have, you know, it could be different events at anywhere that you show up to a competition, but it's always going to come back to an overhead press variation, a deadlift variation, a carry, you know, and it's no different across it. It's going to come down to gymnastic skills, strength, aerobic capacity, like short time domains, long time domains. It's just going to be a mix of monostructural skills as well. There's just a lot more bases to cover. Yeah. And I've seen even some of the higher end programs that I've seen, they have much more of a true kind of progression mm -hmm. typically uh, even though i don't necessarily agree with their programming either in a lot of ways where it you know feels like you might do a for example the the gym i go to we did like a tone bar progression and never felt better did like 12 weeks of it felt like it was really well planned got a lot better at it but then in the chaos of you know the next few cycles say you touched those tone bar six times in a month's span mm -hmm. I feel like I just went back to getting worse at them, you know, yep. I don't think they were necessarily like should model of block periodization. We're going to hit this and then come back to it X amount of time later. If we get a little worse in that time, it's fine. Mm -hmm. You will like never cycle back to it. Yes. Or it's just kind of one off progressions. Yep. And same thing. I've never really found a good trend of like, here's kind of their weekly template of what they want to accomplish daily. Yep. It's a little bit all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, I struggle with that aspect, but same aspect as you, I, my strength numbers, now I have lower numbers than my all-time PR, but that's more of a body weight. Oh yeah. Compared for me, like I was like two when I was lifting competitively versus now I'm more of like 218 to 220 most days, but like, you know, no coefficients in the jungle, but uh, my pound for pound lifting yeah. is as good as it's ever been. Yeah with a mere focus on lifting and a lot more on conditioning, yep. which is interesting, especially if you come up at the strength conditioning world, it's interference effect just gets oh slapped God. in your yeah. face all the time of mm -hmm. the one old study of a guy that, you know, was doing excessive volume of running and got weaker, which is not surprising. But so, you know, I think they can do better in a lot mm -hmm. of ways in the, the programming side. But what they're really accomplishing is just every day you're going to come in, you're going to elevate your heart rate. You know, I think if there's any undulation to it, hopefully it's not just max out intensity every day. But sadly, I think that's one of the negatives sure. of it too, is it just zone five heart rate <laughs> every single day. Yeah. But there's also a lot of positives mm -hmm. to some of the program. It gets you to use your body weight extremely well through some of the gymnastics stuff, through some of the monostructural stuff. You touch a barbell very frequently, but you know, I think that programming is more geared from the competition of CrossFit and like driven to the masses of people who really won't benefit that greatly from most of it. And you talk about like injuries and stuff like that. Like I think those people who move really poorly, it's really tough for them to get into CrossFit, but that's most of your population. Yes. So I know it's an interesting dynamic because yeah. I definitely love it for the competitions think there's a lot of positives to it from a just general fitness yes. standpoint but i do think some programming is clearly misguided in a lot of ways so the yeah even even at the competition level 
CrossFit is the sport of fitness. So there, it, by nature, it's general. And then you add another level yep. of generality to it. And then you add, try to apply it to people who don't have a competition to prepare for. And then, and that takes another, like adds another level of what's going to dictate our programming. What's going to dictate the, what we're working towards. So that makes it, that does make it a lot more difficult. It's like the, yeah, it's just like the general gen pop personal training client who has just come in year after year or day, month after month. And they just have a goal of looking better, feeling better, moving better. That's, that's really it. And it's hard to like really yeah. program for, for those scenarios. And I've definitely experienced all the things you just mentioned where I'll tell you what, I've been doing CrossFit now for two years. We have back squatted four times. That's it. Or we'll deadlift like twice for four weeks. And then we won't deadlift again for another, <laughs> another six. And then, yeah, just like this kind exactly. of, just like you'll yeah. touch on something and then it will go away for a really long time. And then come back or it'll come back and it's like a variation of something. And you're like, again, for gen pop or for people like who aren't us, who did not come in trained, that's just not a great way to learn, you know, but I will say from other aspects that has helped me because here's what, ha here's what I think happens with the traditional kind of powerlifting, strongman, bodybuilding, you know, influenced style of training is like Monday is squat day, Tuesday is bench day, Thursday is deadlift day. And here's my eight week cycle. And that's what it is. I'm going to deadlift and on these days. And then one's max effort and one's dynamic effort and one's you know, repetition effort. And that's just the program. Well, not everyone ha has the same recovery capacity and not everyone has the same volume tolerance and intensity tolerance. So like me trying to do cycles like that all the time, you know, it kind of, it kind of wrecked me. And I just like, kind of, I didn't know what to do about that because I didn't know how to do it any other way. But then I go into CrossFit and we deadlift a lot. De my deadlift is by far the lift that changed the most. You know, I went from not being able to conventional deadlift without pain at all to now I'm an over 500 pound double hand over grip deadlifter. And nope, and I feel, feel great. But I think the lack of frequency helped me a ton, but it didn't affect me negatively from a motor control and my movement pattern because I already came in skilled. But now where it does influence yeah. me in a negative way is the Olympic lifts because I'm not as skilled in them. I didn't come in with as much experience. So when we don't touch an Olympic lift for a really long time, and it's all of a sudden like build up to a heavy three rep Mac or a heavy three rep it's kind of useless to a degree because I, my skill level isn't there to get the most out of what I'm doing. So yeah, it's just a really interesting puzzle. Pete, you got to balance all these qualities. You have the skill aspect and how do you just manage all those things? Then you add in the fact that like, yes, every single day you're getting your heart rate elevated. You're doing what most would consider like cardio. And then, yeah, for, for us, it was beaten into us through our education that the interference effect will, will lead to suboptimal progress and gains in strength and power. And I just can kind of like thinking that might be a little overblown as far as most athletes in most care. situations. And I think the pendulum is starting to swing for sure. And like people realizing, even if you are an Olympic weightlifter or a powerlifter, that 
if you have some more what what's the term now is like is have we have we labeled it just zone two is that like the common popular term <laughs> of, for just like cardio or Pretty aerobic work yeah it'll probably make you better it's it's just not going to hurt you so you've already mentioned like you think that crossfit can improve in a lot of ways and what are some other ways that you think crossfit programming could could do better yeah i think the the constantly varied is the big one on the uh, the programming that I run with a buddy of mine, Nick Boudreau, MVD Fitness, we just posted yesterday. It was like the principles of performance. And to me, that's where it misses the mark is there's real no, really no principles that kind of govern all the decision-making for like, you're talking about progression, overload, specificity. It's like, we can't be specific. It's just constantly varied, but it really can be specific in a lot of ways. You can create overload in multiple ways. Not every day just has to be overload via intensity so <laughs> i think just stemming back to those principles they've worn and a little bit more understanding that the key principle i think that is missed is variation which sounds crazy because it's all variation but it's not variation of exercise like you're going to hit a ton of different exercises but the variation of intensity that kind of high low structure day to day you know, we talk about recovery windows and volume tolerance. You could walk into a, a CrossFit gym and just get absolutely destroyed one day. And then the following day, it could be even harder workout. <laughs> like there's really no rhyme or reason to the flow of the week a lot of times. Or the, you know, just even thinking about what muscles are potentially being used consistently. Like it could be a workout where you do 100 handstand pushups and then the next day, max sure. <laughs> yep. something. That you're like, oh, that doesn't really add up for me. But I think having a weekly layout, like what we've tried to follow is, you know, a high-low setup with a isolation of the key skills. Like if I was looking at it from a competitive lens of just being good at CrossFit or being competent enough at it to attend a class, it would be develop a really strong aerobic system as your base, you know, some zone two to work, zone one, cardiac output in that zone three realm. You're going to touch high intensity efforts consistently. That's going to be covered. Yeah. And then gymnastic skills. Like if you can do a set of 20 ring muscle ups instead of you touch ring muscle ups every time they're in a workout, but you don't really ever get better at them except for some skill improvements. Like you need to touch those via strength, volume through accumulation or volume through max sets and progress your gymnastics the same way that you would progress your strength movements and then more clear progressions and outlines for some of your strength movements you can't touch every strength movement every week or every phase even but cycled in and out and then maybe you know if it's not an emphasis of the progression you at least touch mm -hmm. on it in one of your metcons potentially or something along those lines but the kind of idea or model that we followed is basically monday is going to be accumulation gymnastics and i just take like the nine main movements or skills and there's three on Monday, three on Wednesday, three on Friday. And Monday is accumulation focused. Wednesday is strength focused gymnastics. And Friday is higher volume sets focused. And as you get closer to a competitive season, you would do that under uh, fatigue potentially. So like a density max volume set where uh, if you're doing handstand pushups, you do a alternate dumbbell snatch before to kind of blow up your mm -hmm. shoulders, then do handstand pushups. Mm -hmm. Or a fatigue induced one 
where it's you rib a skier or an echo bike and then do mm-hmm. handstand pushups. Like, can you do the skill with heart rate fatigue? Can you do the skill with muscular fatigue or a combination of the two? And I don't think those are things that are isolated mm-hmm. in most programs. And each week you just move your Friday goes to Wednesday, Wednesday to Monday, Monday to Friday to create as much recovery as possible between those and changes of variations, but you're getting actual progressions at those movements and you're mastering those skills. And then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, a large focus again on mastering your skills of lifting. So maybe it's a front squat and a snatch focus on Monday. Maybe it's deadlift focused on Wednesday or some sort of an accessory movement. Usually Wednesday is kind of our lowest intensity day. Friday is a cleave or clean jerk just to get separation between those lifts and kind of following some recovery focused days. And then on those days, the conditioning aspect or like what you go to the CrossFit gym typically be for that just hit style stuff. We don't really do it'd be more you know, zone two emphasis work on Wednesday, zone three or zone four emphasis work, but a little bit longer time domains and just controlling that heart rate, getting a good sweat, hitting a good volume of movements on Friday. And then Monday, just some short interval interval work, but on a machine to where there's not that volume everywhere else on your body. We're just trying to get that energy system development standpoint and focus on those as other kind of skills as well. And then Tuesday is really higher intensity kind of, we usually use EMOMs as our focus, like a Metcon focus, and then some just upper body accessory type work. And then Thursday is all like minor structural type movements. So your machines, some running, burpees, double unders, whatever it may be, something that's not really going to cause muscular fatigue it's just going to be an aerobic effect of some sort it would usually be like an aerobic power piece followed by aerobic capacity to kind of check off both both of those Uh, and then saturday is a little bit more of a true metcon focused aspect at the beginning and then some like skills practice on the end is kind of a catch-all for okay throughout the week if you missed x y and z skills just focus on it in a like four quality type effort and make sure you're touching those things consistently. And I'm obviously biased, but that's the only setup I've seen that actually has a kind of variation in loading. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've made immense progress when I finally decided to just program for myself instead of following whatever the gym was doing. Uh, and we've got a bunch of us doing it now that have had some some good results as well. Even those that just go to the gym as your casual gym goer, not looking to be competitive in the open or yeah. beyond have found some good results from just not going max effort intensity every day and actually focusing on some progressions. Yes, that is definitely something that I noticed right away with CrossFit. And it's tough because people who come in without the background in, in like the education that we've got, they just think that's how it's supposed to be. And that's good. Like it should be like all out every day, high intensity every single day. I was I instantly was like, man, there's no undulation in this. There's nothing. It's just like high, 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 <laughs> high, high, high. And, you know, there's nothing like in the middle either. So if it's a, if we have like a strength portion at the beginning, it's always max effort method, almost always. And then the, uh, the Metcon or yeah. the water, whatever is 
like as an AMRAP or it's a for time. So even if you like try to pace yourself, you just, it's almost impossible. You still okay. can't do it. And I'm okay. like, that is just not good long-term for recovery. And it's no wonder why someone in the gym when it, it walked up to me a while back. He's like, Hey, how long have you been doing CrossFit now? I'm like, I, I think I'm in six months in. He's like, all right, okay. You're going to start to get some nagging injuries coming up pretty soon. And I'm like, no, I feel really good actually. Really? So, but that, <laughs> that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that. Like that to me is like, that should be like an indicator that, that something's off here. Cause yeah, there's no like undulation. Yeah. Not here. Here's what I want to like ask when you're talking there. Another thing that I can't make heads or tails of or haven't been able to is like, basically there's like seemingly two, two styles of sessions that CrossFit will do. It's either going to be an AMRAP. So as many rounds as possible at a given time, or it's going to be four times. So you've got like five sets or rounds of something and you do it as fast as possible. And like, can't the, the, dude, is there literally nothing else you can do? Like there's got to be something else that fits in this every once in a while. It'll be in every minute on the minute or something like that. But yep. have you ever come across anything that explains like, why are those the only two formats ever used? And then how do you incorporate those into your programming and what you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think it really just stems from the fact that, and it's part of what made me very interested in it is the first day I attended the gym that I go to with my wife, we went to separate classes and I went in and there was this guy that I won't name. He's like overweight, you know, just your typical guy that you look at and you're like, ah, like looks like a sedentary type individual. And he just beats the crap up in this like high intensity conditioning workout. And I'm like, what the yeah. heck? Like, yeah. and I had been relatively sedentary for let's say like months yeah. after we had our daughter and I'd like just gotten the job at Elon. And, you know, there's just a lot going on to where it was like the least fitness That's I'd ever done. Yeah, but also I think if I was yeah. what's thing and just doing strength training every day, I still would have yeah. got just crushed. And I was like, holy, like that's humbling. And then you go over and you put your score in and like, bottom of the leaderboard but the leaderboard i think is what it stems back to is like you do something for reps you do something for time everybody has a score yeah. it's clear progress and that's kind of where they judge their yeah. progress is more like hey, if we circle back this benchmark did you get better people seem to care more about that than like hey i improved the number of pull-ups i can do or i improved my front squats like well i got better at x y or z metcon is what most people generally care more about. So I think that's what, where it stems from of those, like as many reps you can get four time. And it's unique to me that there's not a more like, so on our Tuesdays, it's always at EMA. Mm -hmm. I think that is like the ultimate level of getting a really high quality fitness yeah. in. Cause you can extend your time domains a lot longer. Sure. You can spin them. We have like 50, or more than that, like 15 different templates of like, hey, here's like the goal or emphasis of this particular EMOB. And like, what's interesting is when I was Olympic lifting, the coach that I had at the time, we would run like every, say it was a very standard training session, like weekly layout for Olympic lifters. But say Monday was your max emphasis, clean and jerk. Then you would do technique focused snatch session and it would usually be in an email fashion to be like hey on the minute every minute on the minute for yeah. 10 minutes or every minute and a half for 10 minutes and what i find weird is that you know when i would get to minute 10 
I would end up hitting like PRs on my technique day because I felt so good with that shorter rest, not just going and sitting down on the bench and like feeling really good technique. Yeah. And as a guy who takes like way too big of jumps and doesn't warm up well, I think yeah. that was probably part of it too. But just like the ultimate form of fitness, in my opinion, is the way that you can manipulate an imam and it's not as competitive. It's just about you know, increasing your work capacity, getting some good volume in and pretty strategic way and you can still make those like four time or four reps if you're strategic about it and they could be competitive but the way that we'll spend those like amraps or intervals for time is like so on like a wednesday if it's a zone two session we like a standard aer aerobic benchmark that we've used is a 20k biker so just like a c2 bike get on it twenty thousand meters which if you could hold a two minute pace would take you somewhere right around like 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have to stay in mm -hmm. zone two the entire time. And it's crazy when I started doing more of that. And Justin Kuhn is the guy that got me into like, eh, maybe I should actually do some more low intensity work. All I do is yeah. high intensity work. And it's all yeah. I've ever really done as a former football. It's, you know, intermittent, take a six second sprint or less and then rest for a yeah. long time. So I had really no aerobic base whatsoever. And when I started doing it, my 20K biker, for example, I want to say it was like 49, 50 minutes, somewhere in that range. And the first time I did it, <laughs> I was trying to remain as casual as I could, but my splits were all over the place. Yeah. My heart rate would like dip into zone three. I would like try and back mm -hmm. off and dip into zone one. I was all over the place. Of course, now I can consistently hold one steady line all yep. the way across yep. and finish like eight or nine minutes faster yep. with the same heart rate. And if you're talking about a way of measuring progress, just your, you know, density yes. of work is one way as well. If you had a standard 60 minute or 45 minute or whatever it may be, and you could get more work done at the same intensity, you are obviously approved. Yep. So that's kind of how we spun off Wednesday is a, it's, threshold focused where you can't go past a certain part rate and you're just trying to accomplish yeah. more work in less time or more work in the same amount of time yeah. and that's your way of gauging progress and then same way on fridays if it's zone three uh, and you're in that kind of cardiac output realm of let's say it's 30 minutes and it's a little bit longer duration uh something that's four reps and it's like random skills that you want to get better at but you're just sweating you could hold a conversation if you needed to yeah and if you circle back to it at the same heart rate intensity and get better at it you know you've improved either the skill or some sort of capacity and then same thing just learning like a and t kind of threshold like how to stay right mm -hmm. below zone five for you know say 10 15 minutes time domain or even 20 yeah. minutes which I've noticed if you get good at CrossFit, that's kind of the key area of understanding where that tipping point is. Cause once you go over, it's over. They better be close yeah. to the finish line, especially dependent on what the modality is. So getting good at just regulating yourself in each zone, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. And throughout the week, you're hitting well, all of those basically. We kind of yeah. flip every other Friday. It's like zone three, yeah. one week, zone four, the next. It allows you to accomplish a lot of things. And the issue is one, not every CrossFit member is going to have a heart rate blunder. Yeah. But I think you can use like breathing gears, the uh, Brian McKenzie sure. stuff of, you know, gear one, nasal inhale, nasal exhale, et cetera. 
people could look that up. They're yeah. interested in it. Yeah. But having something that's intensity regulated would be super beneficial to the masses of CrossFit, but I don't think it's ever going to be a stable sadly. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good segue to kind of the last section or the, the last section of the episode that I wanted to discuss with you. And that's what what are good aspects of CrossFit programming that we can learn from, whether that's in for sports and athletics, or that's just general population, personal training. And I, I think that's definitely one of them is that building your aerobic engine or base or whatever you want to call it is probably not going to hurt your gains in other areas. If in fact, it'll probably help them, whether that's strength, power, hypertrophy, it it actually will probably help you. And and you and I are both fans of Chris Hinshaw and we, we think really highly of him. And I went to his workshop a few, several, several months ago. And uh, he was very, he was very upfront with like how he got Froning and Frazier and Kalipa and like all these athletes, these high, high level successful athletes to improve. He's just like, guys, all I did was slow him down for the most part. <laughs> I, I basically just said, no, you're, yeah. you're going to do things like slow. Like you're just going to do not high all out effort all the stinking time. We're going to, we're going to build other qualities. <laughs> what happened? These guys and, and these people who are already elite became more elite. So like if they can, yeah. there's room for them and there's probably room for everybody. So yeah, what are some other things about just CrossFit that people either misunderstand or like don't realize that is probably a good thing they can take away and apply in their own, in their own training or own programming? Yeah, number one, you definitely stole it from me there is that aerobic effect and and interference effect like not being a big deal you know there what i've noticed is the better i've gotten at that one my recovery between sessions i've always had a very high tolerance for volume for whatever reason i don't know if it was more genetic or the fact that i just consistently trained a lot with a lot of volume and you know it's just one of those things you slowly build up and progress it gets to a point where you can handle higher loads but the better that my zone two or just low aerobic work has gotten, I've found the better I recover between sessions. And certainly the faster I recover from like a zone four, zone five effort, you know, I like to think no matter what I do, I can get my heart rate down into zone two within a minute, two minutes. If it was very, very high end stressful is kind of my goal after every conditioning piece I hit. And I think that, you know, is paramount to why we do tempo runs with our football athletes is to develop that system and get better at the ability to recover and then get better at our alactic efforts separately. I think it was, again, Justin Q had something that I think he just posted today about polarized training and you know, high intensities stay really high, low intensities stay really low. And those two of those qualities will kind of converge to make a better, you know, repeat sprint ability athlete overall. Aside from that, I think one huge piece is more the psychological side. I think CrossFit does a better job than anything else of just creating this like cult-like community where they can attract people to come back and pay a pretty egregious amount monthly. To, to, to be put in pain. To, yeah, and to just hang out with other media. And I think from a competition standpoint, it's they've taken the Tony Holler concept of record, rate, publish, and definitely ran with it without even knowing it. 
like every day is a chance to improve. And I think you just get higher levels of intent, which sometimes misses the mark across it. But I think in the world of performance, if you're doing speed metrics or power metrics or strength or anything, if you can report it, rank it, yeah. publish it, it's going to improve the outputs and the effort that you're going to get. And then lastly, I'd probably just say like getting substantially better at the body weight movements of gymnastics has made me feel substantially better physically like secondary to my resting heart rates down like 18 <laughs> or something crazy since i started doing it well in like a four-year span i feel much better from all the conditioning sides of it the second biggest effect is i just feel much better like i don't have as much joint pain from just doing the yep. same movement of cleans or squats every single day my shoulders which had been a huge issue for me feel much better i still deal with some issues from like just shoulder injuries that i had during football but the ability like to do a handstand push-up to do handstand walk stuff like that i think is a rare one where like i've dabbled in at least handstand ISO holds like if you ask strength coaches around the country they're like oh push-ups are superior to bench press if you said, well, what about a handstand push-up instead of a shoulder press? Terrible idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I think getting getting really strong your body weight, you know, I've been a fan of, and I know Jordan Newton, who's a contact of yours as yep. well, like the ability to roll, heart wheel, do stuff like that full. I think handstand walk kind of is just a, a category of that. It's a yeah, yeah. niche, obviously, that most people can't do in a crossfit. But getting used to getting your shoulder in some unique positions and being able to stabilize, yeah. I think is very helpful 100%. and just getting better at moving your body yeah. weight is a huge deal and a good precursor to loading things up. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had a similar experience with regards to joint pain and how my body feels, general muscle tightness. That is by far, other than this, maybe the strength aspect, the least expected outcome of me doing primarily CrossFit training for CrossFit. And I think there's a couple, you know, thing, uh, things I would attribute that to. And, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier and we've talked about like, there, there is a distinct lack of undulation, but where there sometimes is decent undulation. And again, this can kind of work against you a little bit, but truly doing low intensity. And when we say, when I say intensity, I mean like percentage of one rep max, like weight that that definition of intensity and high rep movements like actually high rep i, I hate to tell you or i hate to tell you the listener mm -hmm. here eight reps ain't high rep <laughs> that's i know the joke like for like powerlifters and olympic lifters and, and whatnot is like five anything above five is cardio but just like if you do crossfit you just like you will be forced to do aerobic work you will also be forced to do actually high rep work 20 reps 30 reps of something and beyond and you know even though that feels hard it will feel hard there's something to that i don't know if it, it could be a blood flow thing it could be a just a strictly deloading of intensity thing that you wouldn't have normally done because again in our in our traditional mind like 12 reps is really high or 15 and and like that's not really high like high is getting up there 25 plus 30 reps and and, but here's the other thing, crazy thing. Like we know from Schoenfeld's research that if you take 
a very light weight to almost like to, to close to exhaustion for 30 ish plus reps that actually will result in a decent amount of hypertrophy. So like, like I've experienced a significant amount of hypertrophy from doing CrossFit, not strictly bodybuilding. And that I guess would be the then, other good aspect of CrossFit programming that, programming that I would add to, to your points is doing legitimately high rep work and getting out of your comfort zone from that perspective. And one of the biggest reasons I, I have enjoyed CrossFit is like you said, the community aspect and there's that. And there's also the aspect of, you know what, if I'm not somewhat quote, like quote unquote forced to do something, I'm not going to do it. I, if I'm left to my own devices, I will not do aerobic work. If I'm left to my own devices, I will not do sets of 30. I just, I just not my natural, I'm not, I'm not good at it and I'm not going to choose to do it, but you know what? I should, I need, I should like, if I'm not, again, and I'm not a competitive athlete, I'm just doing this for health and wellness and to feel good and whatnot. I should be doing those things and CrossFit forces me to. And from the community aspect, it's just all too easy if you train by yourself or yeah, in like more of a traditional setting, it's just all too easy to talk yourself out of it day to day. If you're tired or if you didn't get good sleep or you're just like, it's just too easy to like talk yourself out of doing a session. And when you know you're going to go to a place where there's going to be other people, you feed off the energy and it's amazing how many times you can snap yourself out of that just by having that community aspect. And like, that's the reason I've been more consistent with my training. I've probably done less than three days a week of, tr- of getting sessions in, in the last two years, less than a handful of times. I, I could never have said that yeah. when I was in the collegiate setting. Never. Like the only time I ever could have said that was <laughs> grad school. That was the last time I could have said that. So that's another aspect to it. And that's, that's going to be beneficial. So Nick, before we wrap up today, is there anything else you'd like to add on this topic? Just to your point, I mean, I think that's one that I didn't even consider was the the high volume stuff. And I remember before I'd gotten into any CrossFit, to me, it was like, oh, sets of five is like good amount of it. It was always five to one, you know, like something in that range, like eights and tens was like serious high volume work. And I remember like Jay DeMeo or... Jordan mm-hmm. were like one by 20 method. I'm like, stupid. Like, nobody's getting be better <laughs> yeah. than that. And now it's a staple of what we do with our mm-hmm. incoming athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, they get so much better from lower intensity via like the actual weight on the bar. But from a work capacity standpoint, from body comp changes to just general strength, speed, power, they get exceptionally better. And, you know, if you want to master a skill, do more reps of it. So just throwing 20 reps as chances to improve those things has been a huge, huge impact on all of our programs. And that's one that I missed, obviously. Yeah. Another one I would add like, just really quickly, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, is like, is like power endurance work that people, I think, in traditional strength conditioning are just scared of. I think there's caveats here because you have to be, depending on the movement you choose, you, you, you do have to be proficient in it. But when I started doing CrossFit and we we're doing higher rep Olympic variations, I was just kind of realizing, like, man, this is basically power endurance work. Like, I, I can't complete this without being mm-hmm. explosive. Again, if you do it correctly, that's the caveat, right? And I'm like, man, I think this might have been a gap in my, in my programming. 
I really do. Maybe for certain times of the year, I might have done it differently, but it's just a quality I never considered to try to even put in my program. So that's just another one I would add. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nick, man, you're at Elon. You have an Elon Instagram account, right? Is that, is that the best place where people can find you if they want to follow yeah. you? Follow my personal account. I, I don't post nearly as much, pretty little. It's usually my family or like DIY projects <laughs> or my CrossFit endeavors, not too much Elon athletes. Mm. So yeah, Elon Sports Performance is probably the best one. Yeah. This. Okay. And then, all right. So what is your, what is the Instagram account for your programming? That is NBD Fitness. Okay. It's Nick Boudreau and then myself. So NBD Fitness, which we just started that maybe a month ago. It was more... And we're programming for ourselves. We think this has been really helpful. Yep. Might as well just put it out there and see if anyone else wants wants to join in. And then try and put as much educational stuff as we can out there on ways to improve CrossFit. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> so I looked the other day. I think you've got you've got a comp track where you, if you want to like really get serious about it, you've got programming for yep. competitive track athletes. Like track, I mean, like that's the that's the route that, that you're you're going down or your goal, you've got gymnastics programming, you've got aerobic programming. What else is in the future for that? So we're going to start doing the programming at the gym that we go to. And then a friend of mine that owns a gym in St. Louis, he's going to pick that up. So I think trying to get more into the field Mm -hmm. inside, because I think that's where you can impact the most people and actually get them doing some things that would be beneficial to them, not just doing a knockoff version of, of what Froney and Frazier do and are good at and have trained their lives mm-hmm. for for your just average gym goer who's just there at 5 p.m trying to get a sweat yeah. in like you said just yep. look good and, and yep. be healthier awesome and then i do want to mention your the elon sports performance program you guys have one of the best programs in the country not only for training athletes but for developing coaches so why don't you just highlight or just briefly Tell the listener about what you got going on there. Yeah, I mean, we've been really lucky. I actually just did a uh, presentation on kind of building our internship program for uh, Strength Coach Network. Oh, nice. I think it'll be their like May module. I know we've had, you know, every year we get more and more interns. And I think a lot of it stems from the fact that we, one of the first like departments to kind of establish a social media presence and make it really educational yeah. based, not just, hey, here's a training video of an athlete sticks around <laughs> yeah. or something absurd. And, you know, I think it is just kind of that snowball effect of like, once that thing gets rolling and you've really, you've got a little bit of momentum, like you can continue to get more good interns and, and more good staffing. And, you know, one one assistant leaves for a good job, it leads to an intern filling that job and if that person goes and does a really good job at the place that they're at, they want to hire somebody yep. else from you the next yep. time they have an opening. So we've had like, you know, Arkansas State is an example. Mm-hmm. Colin yep. Snyder's a, a mutual connection yep. of ours. I think he was a student yep. of yours was. originally. Yep. And then a GA there. Uh, you know, he interns here and he went to Arkansas State. And at this point, I think we've had four staff members go to <laughs> Arkansas State with Jeff Jones. Oh, okay. Okay. Guy. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. All right. It, yeah. Yeah. We've had... We've had two of them on the Olympic side, two of them on the football side. We've had multiple staff members go to FAU mm-hmm. with Joey Garoskio. We've had a few staff members go to Minnesota. I feel like it just, you know, if you can create a connection and show that your assistants were well-trained and they step into a new role, 
people are pretty quick to circle back and try and get someone else that kind of fits that same model. And then same with our internship program, like you have interns who actually enjoy their experience. They came there and they feel like they learned a lot. They got better at coaching and they weren't just there to clean and, you know, they were treated well. You get more interns because now every time we post something about our internship, all of our former interns say, Hey, go apply. I love this situation. It got me a job, et cetera. And at this point, the past three summers, we've placed every single intern that's graduated into a paid role. I think mostly because one, we're recruiting really good interns now and two, because we've just formed a lot of connections. So yeah, I think at this point we've had 16 staff members in total leave for better assistant yeah. positions elsewhere. We've had seven people become directors. Jordan Newsman just made the jump to the yeah. NFL working with 49ers. Mm-hmm. Hunter Bell was the director of baseball performance at Arkansas, which is one of the best baseball jobs in the country. People have gone on to directors. People have gone on to some military opportunities. One guy went to a team builder. But people have been able to come here, move on to jobs that they think would enhance their you know, future. And we've been able to hire a lot of interns here. We've been able to place a lot of interns elsewhere. And I think that's really what it's all about. I mean, Central College had the original <laughs> model that I kind of have tried to base our system yep. off of is, you know, if you talk to somebody from the Midwest, who's a strength yeah. coach, they probably graduate from Central <laughs> College or, you know, 10 people yeah. who did. So I'd love to to be able to do the same of just have Elon be associated with yeah. good sport performance coaches and, and good education and people who do a good job in the field. Yeah, that that's awesome. You've got a great system. You do a good job of highlighting where people are at, which is really cool. So yeah, if you're a student listening to this, young strength coach, still looking for internship or positions or work, Definitely look at Elon. And then I guess I'll also pump some of like Central College in, in Iowa. That's a really great one. That's where I went. I also was at Northwestern College for six years. We got a, a major in strength and conditioning there. We again used kind of the central model of how to train strength coaches. So you get a, a lot of experience before you even leave school. So definitely want to highlight those. And if you're looking for a place to get to your education, or definitely look at those places. So, Nick, man. Thank you so much for, for your time today. That was, that was a great episode. And yeah, I look forward to hopefully talking to you in the future as well. Yeah, appreciate having me. It was nice to touch on a different topic <laughs> a little bit. Definitely a niche kind of out there topic for the performance worlds. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Nick. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Performance Connection podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review, share on social media, and on Instagram, tag at performance connection podcast all one word the content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only it is not intended to diagnose treat or cure any medical condition thanks again and i hope you'll keep listening or check out other episodes